Gaudete, which means rejoice. It's typified by the pink candle over here. It's in the middle of a penitential season. We're halfway through. You know, in the wisdom of the church, they inserted this tone in the middle of Advent so that we can catch a glimpse of what and where our joy comes from. Even in the New Testament text this morning, it's an imperative to rejoice. Let me read this again. Rejoice in the Lord always. And he's going to say it again, times two. And again I say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Here's the key. Here's the Advent text. The Lord is near. That's why Paul is commanding us to rejoice. He's not saying to rejoice in our circumstances. He's not saying to rejoice in our troubles. In the midst of our troubles, we do because we look not at the things that are seen, but at the unseen realm. This is the Christian spiritual formation that we're all learning day by day. Not to fix our eyes and fix our hearts on that which is seen, the temporal, but to fix our eyes and our hearts on Jesus himself. You know, Jesus is unseen. He's invisible. He's immortal, invisible. He is at the right hand of the Father. One day we shall see him face to face. And this is our hope in Advent. You know, you may be saying this morning, you know, I just can't feel it. I'm not there. You know, I feel depressed. I feel down. Things are not working out for me right now. And I can't rejoice. That's okay. This is a spiritual discipline that we're all learning. And along the way, we're going to learn how to fix our eyes on Jesus where our troubles don't bring us down. We need a lot of help. We need the body of Christ. We need one another to help us in these times. We cannot live the Christian life alone. It's like, can the eye say to the hand, I have no need of you? And so it's because of my brothers and sisters that I meet with on a daily basis. It's because of all of you that I can rejoice. I can stand because I know that you're praying for me and I'm praying for you. We're hanging out together. We're partying together. I mean, my goodness, this weekend is just one continuous party. <laughs> Friday and and last night it was a birthday, and then all of a sudden when they started singing happy birthday, there were four happy birthdays going on. It was amazing. <laughs> and then today, after church, we have another party, you know. I mean, this is the way the church should relate, because that's where we let our guards down, and that's where we get to know the real you and the real me. It's where we're just hanging out together, and we're just talking about life. And we're building trust to where we can open up the most intimate places of our hearts. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to do that. If we're just coming to church on Sunday and fellowshipping with the back of one another's necks, <laughs> this is just one of many gatherings where we celebrate one another. And so praise the Lord. I just kind of want to... It begins with relationship in the Lord, and then in the Lord, he brings us into his body. And that's where the joy is, you see. It's an eternal joy. This is not a joy that the world can give. Remember that one out of the Gospels? My joy I give to you. Don't you want that joy? The joy of Jesus? 
My joy I give to you, not a joy that the world gives, right? He also said, my peace I give to you. It's not a peace that the world can give. It's not a peace about circumstances. All of you have probably heard about the devastation that happened with the tornadoes in Kentucky. And then you can say, well, Michael, how can you rejoice in the Lord always? How can they do that right now? Because Paul is drawing our attention beyond the temporal. He's not saying we rejoice in the deaths of all of the people in Kentucky. That's not what we rejoice in. We rejoice that in this troubled, traumatic world, that one day Christ will return. The Lord is near, and he will make all things new in him. That's where our joy lies. We rejoice in the Lord. And so that's a spiritual discipline. It takes intentionality, it takes an understanding, and it takes an intentional longing for heaven, a longing for new creation, a longing for the return of Christ to come and make all things new. In our material world, sometimes we forget that Christ is truly coming and he will make all things new. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. The Lord is near, the Lord is coming. Hold on, Paul is saying. And in the midst of this, don't be anxious about anything because anxiety, if you get focused on anxiety, worry and fear and all of these emotional states that come in and out, they're there. Anxiety will come. But we don't fix our eyes on the anxiety. We don't empower it. Anxiety has enough power of its own. Just like Jesus said, each day has enough trouble of its own. So we're not in denial. We're not in denial of the emotional brokenness that we're all dealing with. But our hope is in something far beyond that. We fix our eyes not on our emotions, but we fix our eyes on the unseen, on the eternal. Where Paul, you know, Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 4. This is a spirituality that we must walk in. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. I can relate to that. Yet inwardly, and I can relate to this, we are being renewed day by day. Of course, I can relate to that outward thing that is seen, this physical body that is wasting away. But inwardly, I'm being renewed. You're being renewed day by day. And then this is what he talks about in the context that we're living in now. 2 Corinthians 4.17, for our light and momentary troubles. This is not denial at all. It's just in comparison for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. We live in between the times of the first and the second coming, and there's this tension of momentary troubles, and we can empower those troubles to where they become the reality that we can live in. And Paul is saying, no, no, the Christian life is in Christ, and our joy is in the Lord, and it's a supernatural, ontological joy that we can receive in the midst of troubles. And it's so amazing that he would, like, minimize what he just described that he's going through in 2 Corinthians. We don't have time to look at it, but he calls them light and temporal, light and momentary. But we must have an eternal perspective to even disempower those light and momentary troubles. 
And so, here's the key. And so we fix our eyes, the eyes of our heart, okay? This is our spiritual sight that he's talking about. Our gaze, our attention. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, what is invisible. Is that the kind of Christianity that we've been raised in? It's very important. If we don't get this lesson, we'll just be churchgoers. This is the secret to living in Christ, is to take that gaze, to take what we empower and give attention to, and we fix our eyes on Jesus in the heavenly realm because it transforms us within. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. You see, joy is a fruit from heaven. It's called the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Joy is eternal. It has to be grown and cultivated in our lives. And so when Paul is commanding us, rejoice in the Lord always, that's a spiritual exercise, I believe. I know it is for me. This becomes a spiritual exercise to rejoice in the Lord and disempower the momentary light afflictions that may be large print in our lives right now. The Lord wants you walking out of here today, those large print troubles that you're seeing and reading to become small print, (laughs) to become like, you know, just those little footnotes at the end, temporary. Jesus had to do this for the joy set before him. Hebrews 12, on the cross, For the joy set before him, hanging naked on a shameful cross, dying for the sins of the world. This is the internal life of Christ himself in his sufferings for the joy set before him. He endured the cross. This is how we endure our cross. We're to take up our cross daily, right? But it's only because for the joy set before us. What kind of joy? To remove all of the circumstances that I'm struggling with? No, 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 no. It's not that. It's far beyond that. It's the eternal realm that we're all in Christ together in. We're all in Christ. We're there in Christ himself. And that's where our joy comes from, and that's what we rejoice for. Thank you, Lord, for the joy set before me. I can endure the situation that I'm in right now. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. (laughs) This is a faith walk when we do this. This is looking at the unseen and saying that is more real than the visible world that I'm living in. That's the life of faith, you see. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And then we're called to consider him. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Yeah, it's a spiritual exercise. If we don't do our spiritual exercises, we will lose heart, you see. And so this morning, if you're sitting here and you've lost heart, you've lost vision, you've lost hope, 
Come back to Christ this morning. Fix your eyes on Jesus this morning. And proclaim that he has you in his hands. That he's the great shepherd of the sheep. And he cares for you. He says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Sometimes we don't let him care for us. Because we don't cast our cares upon him, we lose heart and we just carry around this heaviness on us. Because we're trying to bear the weight ourselves. But it's called surrender. Surrender all of those anxieties, all of those fears, all of those disappointments that you may be living in this morning. Ask Jesus to make himself more real than those things. He will do it. He will do it. All of you who are weary and heavy laden, he's come to give you rest. So we just have to do that divine exchange, as it were. Lord, I give you my stuff, and you give me your spirit. I give you my stuff. Give me your spirit. It's not a good deal for him, but it's a good deal for us. He knows what to do with it. Yeah. And you know, he has a date in mind. He's already booked the flight. He's coming back. He's coming back to make everything new. Right now, he says, if any man be in Christ, any woman be in Christ, they're what? New creation. And that new creation is not finished in us. It's being renewed day by day. This is the Christian life. This is growing in victory. This is growing in the triumph of Christ. We don't all possess it right now. I certainly don't. But day by day, as this thing is wasting away, we're being renewed day by day. That's the good news of the gospel. That's the hope of the gospel. That's what Gaudete is all about. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.